0: Casting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk, radio Show. Talk Show.
1: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman live on your radio. Hard-hitting news the networks refused to use, no doubt, starts now. This, my fellow Americans, is the broadcast for, wow, it's already October the 27th. In the year of our Lord, 2022, this is our one of two. And our goal is to protect life, liberty, and property, to promote God, family, and country, and to do so in the traditions of our founding fathers. Yes, indeed, we use the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution for the United States of America as our guide, and absolutely we're convinced the checks and balances brilliantly put in place by the founding fathers what are the great peaceful, restorative solutions we have at our fingertips. And as you know, we reject revolution. We stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth. Welcome to Liberty Roundtable Live, ladies and gentlemen. We talked yesterday about Fox News host Jesse Waters mocked Hillary Clinton after Clinton claimed that the Republicans were plotting to steal the 2024 election. Where's the media mocks Jesse? Now, this makes three elections that Hillary claims were stolen 20- or I guess 2000, 2016, and 2024. Uh, there you have that. Very, very interesting indeed about election deniers. Uh, that's a bogus uh, term, uh, but it's both sides of the aisle. And the problem that I have is, even Carrie Lake kind of fell into this, claiming that all the Democrats are election deniers too. Well, I don't care what words you use. Everybody knows there's election fraud. Everybody admits it. But what they want to do is just play the blame game between the Republicans and the Democrats, and that's the problem that I have with it. So you mock Hillary because she claims election fraud, but then you say election fraud's real, or you don't, or whatever, right? Ladies and gentlemen, the facts are facts, and that's what we need to focus on. We don't need to get into the blame game between the Republicans and the Democrats. The deep state does commit election fraud. The Heritage Foundation, believe it or not, has a fraud election fraud database. It's a sampling of recent, proven instances of election fraud from across the country. You want to learn more? Heritage.org slash voter fraud. Okay? That's where you go if you want to learn more about that. Now, each and every one of the cases that are in the database represents an instance in which a public official, usually a prosecutor, fought hard because they thought the fraud was serious enough to act upon it. And each and every one of them that's listed in the database ended up with a finding that the individual engaged in wrongdoing to affect the outcome of an election, right? That the individual had get, had engaged in wrongdoing in connection with an election, hoping to, quote, affect its outcome, or that the results of an election were altered or sufficiently in question and had to be, quote, overturned. You wanna learn more about that? Fine. Go to heritage.org election-integrity. That's where you go for those details, folks. They talk about election integrity and they talk about best practices and standards for election audits. So folks, if you want to really debate this with journalists, if you really wanna get out of the conspiracy theory, uh, you know, hey, election denier, this, that, no proof, whatever, just double down and go drag the journalist, drag the reporter, drag the naysayer, drag the politician, drag the folks using this wild term called election denier Okay, drag them through case after case after case of convictions, case after case after case of proven dereliction of duty, or vote tampering, or election manipulation, or we can go on and on, but I'm telling you, the Heritage Foundation has the goods. Then go dig into your state and make sure your state's not using ERIC, E-R-I-C. ERIC is disaster because of... A non-profit private organization controls the voter rolls of a given state. Don't let them criminally do that at all. You've got to have real-time people who are vote watchers, vote counters, okay? Your sheriffs and deputies can deputize people, uh, can work state by state to go in and monitor and report on those elections, ladies and gentlemen. We have got to get this done in real time. But understand, a lot of people want us just to, uh, everybody calls me, Sam, hurry up. We've got to do something about these elections. We've got to do something, Sam. And I agree we need to do something. And I agree time is of the essence. But I don't agree that we just need to really crank it up before, you know, uh, November the 8th. And by golly, that's our deadline. No, it's not. Even if they delete election data, even if, look, this is an ongoing reality. There's been elections stolen Since the beginning of the Republic, ladies and gentlemen, and they will be continued to be stolen unless we, the people, wake up, sit up, take notice, create accountability and transparency, and do so real time. It's about moving the needle towards honest elections. It isn't about November the 8th, okay? I know it's a critical election. I get it. But we've been swindled and snookered for years swindled and snookered for years on this folks and so we don't need to fix it in a day what we need to do is realize we need to be in this for the long haul yeah we got a lot of work to do before 2008 i'm sorry before november 8th i agree and yes the 2022 elections are important but we need to be in this discussion in this election integrity issue for the long haul you got that now joe biden's been caught lying over and over and over He released petroleum from the reserves in an effort to reduce gas prices before the election. That, again, is election tampering, in my opinion, meddling with the economy. Joe Biden lied and falsely claimed that student debt forgiveness programs were approved by Congress. Zachary Steeper with that article. The fact is, Joe Biden lied. It isn't true. The Biden administration continues to tout misleading gas price information. Using quote the most common price of gas rather than the average price of gas, making people believe that the price of gas is lower than it really is. And even if you see that your pump higher, you go, oh well, the most common price is lower, so I guess I just need to wait for it c- to come down. But it's manip- uh, but it's election manipulation, ladies and gentlemen. It's election manipulation is the bottom line. New York State Supreme Court ruled on Tuesday that New York City cannot fire employees for not getting vaccinated, dealing a huge blow to the New York City mayor, right? Democratic Mayor Eric Adams got his head handed to him on this regarding the policy. The court ordered the city of New York City to reinstate all fired employees who refused to get vaccinated and to grant them all the back pay that they deserved Citing the fact, listen to me, citing the fact that being vaccinated against COVID-19 does not, I repeat, does not stop an individual from catching COVID-19. It also doesn't prevent people from spreading the virus either. And because of those facts, um, you know what? Being vaccinated alone does not grant enough community widespread benefit that would warrant the mandate of this uh, situation. Absolutely head-handed to him. They say the um, health commissioner exceeded his authority, and it's unconstitutional, and it's going to stop. We've been telling you that forever. Meanwhile, Joe Biden gets his third COVID booster shot. And his fifth shot overall and how biden doesn't have any uh, negative effects for the vaccines when so many others do is shocking to me the only way i could think that to be possible is placebos and i don't know if there's placebos or not all i know is it's very strange indeed fox news host harris faulkner clashed with a um fellow panelist and i guess it's called outnumbered is the show on tuesday They say, how much should Joe take the blame for the Biden economy? It's a fair question. But this guest host or whatever on the panel said, you can't blame. You can't just blame inflation on the Joe Biden administration. You just have to look at facts, says Leslie Marshall, a Democratic consultant. And then she said, the facts are you got to look at the Fed. Well, amen. Is she right about that? You got to look at the Fed, folks. And what you got to realize is the Fed is the problem. All right, we'll get into that. There's a bill to abolish uh, the Federal Reserve and return to constitutional currency that I've got to tell you about too, coming up on the broadcast. So we'll save that to when Brian Rest is with us because we're going to come up on the Honest Money Report in seconds. In the meantime, the price of president or the price of residential homes could fall by twenty percent next year. They say. It's reducing demand and everything because, hey, interest rates are too high now. A 30-year mortgage above 7% now. What a deal, huh? Anyway, we finished up the hour yesterday talking about plastic recycling. Is a fool's errand, said Greenpeace. A Greenpeace report says the problem is most plastic just cannot be recycled. Kate Siemens with the report. But plastic recycling, they say, is a dead-end street. That's a Greenpeace report that makes that very case using data. They say the highest year where we, you know, recycled the most plastic, it was like 9%. Wow. 9.5% of plastics was recycled, but we lied about it as we cooked the books. We sent plastic to China and claimed that classified as recycling. So we lied. The fact is Greenpeace admitting the truth now. How much money have they stolen from us on this recycle bandwagon? Only to now admit that it's bogus and doesn't work. Just like we've been telling you for decades. Liberty Roundtable live in seconds. On your radio, ladies and gentlemen, Brian Rust, rustquitandget.com joining me now. Welcome to the broadcast, sir. Thank you much, Sam. Glad to be with you. Wow, there's so much to talk about, so little time. Uh, let's first talk about the Honest Money Report. Um, <laughs> it's hard to even know where to go with this because there's so much news on this uh, that it's amazing. Let's start with the, the Honest Money Report where's gold and silver sitting uh gold dollars uh,
4: 165970
1: all right hold on sorry okay say the number again 1659.7 9.70 okay and that's what uh it's up a tiny bit right yeah about twelve dollars higher than the last time I was on so yeah a couple weeks ago so yeah 1659. 70. $1659 Correct. for an ounce of gold ladies and gentlemen. An ounce of silver, Brian?
4: Uh 19.57.
1: Now that's up a bit, huh? About 90 cents. All right. 19.57. So interestingly enough, ladies and gentlemen, a silver piece now costs basically 20 bucks, Brian. Now you can't get one for well, that. You can't yeah. get one for that, but the spot price is that. Now I find that fascinating. What's the spread if I just get a silver round?
4: Uh they're twenty-seven
1: dollars. So literally almost an eight dollar spread there. Silver Eagle still around thirty-six.
4: Yeah, thirty-seven.
1: All right, thirty-seven. So a twenty dollar spread there even. But I'll tell you what I find fascinating about spot price at nineteen fifty-seven. Ladies and gentlemen, let me give you the the proof. Of the manipulated currency that we live under the abuse of inflation the hidden tax rears its ugly head back in the day there was a twenty dollar gold piece now you can't even get a twenty dollar silver piece brian uh, that's right
4: that's true i, I like the fact of you know You know, Kelly uses this a lot, and I like that as well. As as I remember, too, uh, you know, you could buy a gallon of gas for a quarter. Well, I could still buy a gallon of gas for a silver quarter today.
1: Well, that's quite interesting, huh? How much can you get a silver quarter now? Because they don't have as much. You can't take four silver quarters, and it doesn't equal a silver dollar because a silver dollar is 99-point-whatever-troy ounce, uh, whereas the silver quarters are only like 90%, right?
4: Right, but in, but you they based that – so your silver dollars, the old silver dollars were 90% as well. So the quarters, dimes, half dollars were 90%. The silver dollar at that point was 90%. Um, and, a, you know, a quarter had, you know, a dollar's worth of coin, like dimes, quarter and halves is 0.72 of an ounce. A dollar, old silver dollars, 0.77 of an ounce. But, it, it, you know, reflective to paper to, to current – or to silver – yeah, I mean that old that old silver dollar is still gonna have some value. Your silver dimes quarters and half still have value, but your your quarter, today's quarter, your today's dime, yeah, there's you know, you can see the value of it just dwindling based on actual metal or, or So what actual what, what Brian's
1: really talking about is through the through the years there's been different designations of how much silver is in your given coin. And uh, the value of silver is there and really doesn't change a whole lot. What's changing is your fiat money against that silver, but we, we referred to it because the dollar is so ubiquitous now, the petrodollar is so ubiquitous that we, that we talk about silver going up and down, but it really doesn't go up and down much. Our dollar fluctuates way more than the silver does. The point that we're getting at, though, is a dime today doesn't have any silver in it. Therefore, it's, for the most part, worthless. A dime or a quarter or a half dollar or a dollar back in the day used to be like 90% silver. The dollars that you get today, like a silver eagle, is 99.9 troy ounce. That's a lot more silver, and it's worth more. So you got to be very careful with that. But your point is a quarter will buy a gallon of gas today if it's a real silver quarter, 90% 90 silver. You say, well, Sam, why don't they make it 100% silver? Because it's too soft if they do that. There's no game playing here. It's just that you got to make the coins hardened enough to use, uh, and so there's a varying amount. That's why Congress uh, was put in charge of re- regulating the value thereof, by you know determining the weights and measures, by setting standards, and then expecting treasuries um, and, and and mints to obey those standards. Right? There wasn't a central control on money. But there was control on the standards that were used for consistency across the several states. I digress, Brian, but how much can you uh, get a quarter for a silver quarter now, a real one? Oh, they're like five bucks. All right. So five bucks uh, there for a quarter. Um, and that just shows you that's what a gallon of gas costs. You know, you put the taxes in there and everything else, depending on etc. cetera. Very, very interesting. Honest money report, ladies and gentlemen. Gold, $1,659.70. Silver, $19.57. Currently, that's the spot price, but you can't get any metal for that. And that's the other unique reality that we face is, hey, even when it's the spot price, the spread used to be not very much, Brian. When I first started out in gold and silver and everything else, the spread on silver was like 50 cents above spot or something and a dollar above. Now it's literally... (laughs) Eight nine dollars above just for the rounds, but if you get a real silver eagle silver dollar, it's more than that. Even if you get the quarters, and then and the and the silver dollars that are that are old usable currency, uh, it's quite a bit above that. Very interesting how that spread keeps growing too. And the dealers aren't making a whole lot more money, are they? No, our spreads usually our spreads
4: are the same. The percentages we work on the percentages and so on. One factor that you know we kind of talk about here. you know we got caught up and that's that's what we did we we would use spot plus this spot plus that and so on well the spot was driven by the paper exchange and so we would go by that and then the availability so yeah at, at some point you could have bought it spot plus 50 cents i remember okay i got to a spot plus a dollar and a half sometimes i had abundant and so i was selling things at spot um you, you know my spreads basically you know stayed the same and it's kind of like now it's it's the 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 markup, my my percentages have of, of, have stayed the same, perhaps a little higher, but but the spread from manufacturing to wholesaler to distribute distribution and so on is really that gap is widening, and and a lot of factor is the fact of if your governments are are producing metal, they don't buy any metal back, they just say here's your government silver eagle dollar, this is what we're charging you for it if you want them. You, you know the five major players buy them well i've got two or a couple of the major players right now they're not buying any u.s product because it's too high they say it's the premiums are just too high so they're not even handling the product and and then some you know as and so as a result of that the cost is just up here because the government not buying them back here's what it's going to cost you to get them Da, 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 it, it, in the, other what words, what
1: you're here. saying is it's just greater manipulation because if we're only going to sell one way and never buy it back or never have a two way right. exchange, you manipulate it. And then if you say there's only a limited supply and it only goes through four main distributors, then you're manipulating it. Um, you know, they say there's no price fixing in America, but you know what? Your government mint is guilty of it virtually more than anybody because now, in addition to all the restrictions I just put on it, now you play a paper game. And you start to buy and sell and trade it on paper, which means you never really take possession. Through all those means we don't have a free market at all, folks. It's manipulated till the cows come home. And we're seeing that reality check on the Honest Money Report. Here's the headline. J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon says, yes, a recession's coming. But there's a much bigger worry than even a recession, Brian. You know what that is? What's that? He claims it's politics. But then he talks about, hey, <laughs> our relationship with China, our relationship with Russia, the Russia-Ukraine war, the etc. our international relations. And so he really doesn't point to politics as much as he points to threats of war. Right. Yeah. And uh, Don't I agree that's it. a bigger problem because <laughs> if we really have the threat of war, that'll just ratchet everything out of control in seconds if people believe that it might take flight, if you will.
4: Yeah, and, and I think that's what government, you know, we've seen in in history. If we go back in history, that's what happens. They, you know, if you start, if they start to lose that public um, uh, popularity, then they, the the ripple effect is eventually, yeah, let's let's take us to war, and that'll get us back on that popularity because hey, they people have to get behind us because our country is gonna, we're going to war. We have to rally together, da 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 da, and so yeah. <clears throat> Spend more money yeah, wave the
1: flag and manipulate the currency, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> <laughs> <Right>. <laughs> because that so that's what Jamie Diamond is really pointing to. It's a little bit of a veiled statement because he's like, Hey, it's politics and this and that. But when you really dig into what he's saying, he's saying, you know what, the threat of war is serious. You know, they say that Russia might use nuclear against whatever and Hey, North Korea was doing some testing, and we've teamed up with South Korea, and we're not comfortable, and hey, you know, Russia's having stuff kind of in the Alaskan whatever sea that's getting kind of close to America there, and you know, we're having some kind of flashpoints, and you know, hey, the economy's really bad, but worst concern is war, and boy howdy is Jamie Dimon tapping into something that's very scary and real. We hope and pray wise heads prevail brian Rust with me russquinnandgift.com we got a whole lot more coming up
0: your daily liberty newswire you're listening to liberty news radio
5: usa radio news with lance pride Four teenagers were killed in a Buffalo, New York car crash Monday while attempting a TikTok challenge, encouraging car theft by showing people on the Chinese social media site how to hotwire a Kia. The four were killed when the stolen Kia they were in flipped and ejected them. One of the fatalities was a 14-year-old mother. The U.S. Office of Special Counsel announced President Biden's Chief of Staff, Ron Klain, violated the Hatch Act with his Twitter usage. McLean is not the first high-profile member of the Biden administration found to have violated the act. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki received a reprimand last year. Both were let off the hook with a warning. Election day is 12 days away, but in courtrooms across the country, lawsuits have already begun. More than 100 lawsuits have been filed this year around the upcoming midterm elections. The suits targeted over rules and mail-in voting, early voting, voter access, voting machines voting registration, the counting of mismarked absentee ballots, and access for partisan poll watchers. Senator Mike Lee, the Republican from Utah on Newsmax overnight, says his opponent, Evan McMullen is really a Democrat who's trying to con the voters using an independent label. Senator Lee. It shouldn't work because once people know the truth, which is that he's a Democrat. Look, he he voted for Joe Biden. He campaigned for Joe Biden. He
6: embraced democratic policies in order to court and gain the endorsement the exclusive endorsement of the the utah democratic party
5: earlier this week much of europe and parts of africa and asia saw the moon eclipse the sun during the second and last solar eclipse of the year the partial eclipse took about four hours at its peak the eclipse covered more than 80 percent of the sun the next solar eclipse is in april of 2023 it will be a total eclipse across parts of australia and asia usa radio news Paid for by GovMint.com.
7: The 1920 to 1938 Buffalo Nickel, a true American classic and one of the most iconic coins in history. It's been more than 80 years since the last Buffalo Nickel coin was struck. But now, for a limited time only, full one-pound bags of original U.S. government-struck Buffalo Nickels are being released to the public. That's right. You can own a full pound of 1920 to 1938 classic American Buffalo Nickel coins, all in very good collector condition, with fully visible dates and mint marks. Guaranteed. Call 1-800-895. Five seven two six seven now to secure a full pound of collector's grade U.S. Buffalo nickels struck during the roaring 20s and the Great Depression. Plus, receive a bonus American collector's pack valued at over $10, free with every order. Call now, 1-800-895-7267 to secure your full pound bag of Buffalo nickels before they're gone. 1-800-895-7267. That's 1-800-895-7267.
1: Brian Rust of rustconngift.com with me. We're talking about the Honest Money Report. They had a bottom of the hour commercial about Buffalo nickels. What the heck are those things, uh, Brian? Uh, nickels made from 1913 to 1938. Are they silver? Yeah.
4: No, not silver. Just uh, just early nickels uh, that we used during that era of time. So
1: you, you got, got a lot to understand. Of them down there with the shop. <laughs> there's no is there is there money in there is there is there real money in there? Well, there's no metal in there. People collect them just uh,
4: they're they're kind of fun to have. They're early, early I pieces get they have. So I, I want on people to
1: understand though, you're not getting any constitutional currency. You're not getting silver or gold. You're getting collector's junk, if you will. Now I'm not here right. down it. It's a neat era in history. But what I want you to understand is it's a a numismatic discussion or a collector's discussion, not a real honest money discussion when you talk about those nickels. Let's be clear. Correct. Yep. All right. Just want to set the record straight there. That's what we do on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. So J.P. Morgan, Jamie Diamond says there's much bigger concern than recession. Possible war is what he kind of hints at, ladies and gentlemen. That's of great concern to me as well. If you want the markets to go berserk, uh, just, uh, you know, ratchet up the threat of war. That ought to get her done there. Now, ladies and gentlemen, there's a guy by the name of Chris Licht. I don't know if you know who Chris Licht is, Brian, but he happens to be the chairman of CNN. And he told employees in a memo on Wednesday afternoon, uh, <laughs> he says this, um, that executives would take a hard look at spending across the business, signaling budget cuts and layoffs before the end of the year. Merry Christmas, Brian. (laughs) That's
4: right. (laughs) How convenient.
1: (laughs) And in the memo, Mr. Lick said that concerns over the, quote, global economy had forced him to reevaluate CNN's priorities noting that he would make noticeable change to the organization that, by definition, is unsettling, they say. So CNN, my friend, you would think they'd be riding high before the elections, but no, they're feeling the squeeze, too, Brian. Yeah, (laughs) Uh, there you go. When they're making
4: changes, I wonder, is it to tell the truth and nothing but the truth? So help me God, or is it? uh are those not the changes we're thinking
1: yeah that's interesting though he told employees in a memo on wednesday now i don't really know what that means when you get a memo is that just means you get an email and say hey man we're going to do layoffs and you're just left to wonder if it might be you is that um what the kind of inference to you is brian well, that, yeah,
4: I, it's hard to know what, what his his thought process is, but I, obviously you'd think that, yeah, they'd be riding riding high with all this uh, election, being all excited, or is he is he getting a little nervous?
1: But to all you CNN folks out there, it couldn't happen to a nicer bunch of people. <laughs> They're just saying, you know. All right. Maybe you ought to stand for liberty and, and, and use your journalistic talents to be honest and true and... And 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 protective of and promoting of the greatest country on the face of the earth, rather than using your vast resources to down the country, um. So you know, there you go, crystal right off into the sunset. Nevertheless, uh, wealthy as could be, regardless of what happens to y'all. By the way, now meta, you know what that is, don't you, Brian? Meta, I do. Yeah. Where do I hear meta? Meta is the big old new universe that Mark Zuckerberg dreams of. It's the parent company now, renamed oh, of Facebook and other properties. Right. Meta, right. they say, braces for trouble. As its profits slump 52%, Brian. Sales Already. slump at Facebook. And they say stock tumbles. You want to respond to that one? Whoa, well, well, Facebook kind the, of melting that down, be? buddy. How can that be?
4: I thought they were, you know, this is the new thing, the new uh, the new
1: platform.
7: How There's that one word description, Brian?
1: <laughs> Starts with dude. an R. Do you want to know what it is? Yeah, do. Reality. <laughs> oh, oh, there you go. Buddy, you can't just run around in your highfalutin executive jets and pretend that you got the world by the you know, whatevers, and uh, pretend it's all good. Reality hits sometimes. People panic in the markets when you threaten war, uh, when inflation just rears its ugly head to the point where it's not hidden anymore. It's in your face, and you can't function. And Reality hits, Brian. I don't know, but the dot-coms should have learned that like 22 years ago in 2000. But they didn't. We're back at a a renamed dot-com deal. Like, big tech is all, you know, the rage but big tech has reality too brian
4: yeah it does uh you know I, I was reading some article over here about china and his his big tech and he just forces them to do whatever they want for, makes them oust their leaders and steals their assets and puts a lot of those people in prison so maybe is that where our government's headed is to maybe more of that kind of uh, mandate
1: yeah, they use this term "slump," which I find fascinating. Sales slump. No, I would write sales way down, Brian. Yeah, is that a different way to say slump? Sales way down.
4: Well, yeah. I mean, maybe it's based on uh, you know information or people the ability to uh, use those platforms. They don't. They're not buying into it. Uh, they don't want to make change.
1: I I don't know. Yeah. All right. Well, if you think CNN's not a gauge of the economy, if you think Facebook slash Meta's not a gauge of the economy, what about that Ford Motor Company? You think they matter? think their reality check might come? Okay. So now we're talking about Ford Motor Company. Turns out they lost money last quarter. As costs soar, they say, the automaker is struggling with, quote, supply chain problems. And they wrote off its investment in a self-driving technology business. So, uh, you know, the self-driving cars that they talked about, not happening, melting down, as I told you it would. Because I'm a tech guy, and I know they're full of crap when they tell you that cars can drive themselves. It isn't true. It won't be true for a heck of a long time, folks. Okay, I'm just telling you right now. Uh, And so the bottom line is they had to write all that off, Brian, all that investment that they put into all that. They should have listened to me. They could have saved a ton of money, given me 10%, and I'd be what, a millionaire by now? Multi millionaire? Yeah. All right. And nevertheless, yeah. they're melting down over there at Ford. So you got Ford, CNN, and Meta all admitting they're melting down right now. What do you think of that, Brian? Well, I just think it's, you know, you start to see more and more of this, this, these big companies
4: and so on that are struggling and having some of these effects. And, and in reality, maybe it's not affecting them at all. It's affecting. Uh, Probably a lot of their employees, those that get laid off, those that are just working for above minimum wage or whatever it is, they're the ones that are really affected. The the CEOs, uh, the the you know the board members, and and though they're making their money, and 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 if they can't make their money, I'm sure government would be glad to step in and and, and tell us some kind of shop story. We can't allow this to happen. Like these banks can't fail, this company can't fail. We can't let that happen. Oh, it's going to be disastrous. Well, that's what we're seeing. Amen to that
1: reality check. And sadly, the executives are right off into the sunset no matter what happens. And the rest of the mere mortals will struggle mightily over this. Now, they talk about this interesting thing in the economy. I want to kind of break it down for people a little bit. They say an inverted yield curve between, quote, three-month and 10-year interest rates is considered by Wall Street as a reliable sign of an impending economic slump. Now, they love that slump word because they don't have to admit that it's melting down. They don't have to use recession, but that the fact is a recession warning tracked by Wall Street is growing louder. Um, they basically say this, the yield curve is a way of comparing interest rates. And when people lend money, investors have grown increasingly worried about the change or about the economy. So when normally the longer you borrow money, you know, uh, the better interest rates you can get, right? But now people are so worried about it, they're just saying, hey, man, this curve is inverted. It costs more money in the short term than the long term because people are going, what? What the heck's going on here? Anyway, it's an it, it, it inverted yield curve is what they call it brian do you want to respond to this because it's a indicator they say of well a slump brian you know those slumps don't you
4: <laughs> the bears and the bulls is that what it is
1: yeah that's what they do in this big game they play <laughs> well it's it's just wording
4: i mean it's it's basically wording it's it you know i think that um uh, uh, yeah these downtrends and so on are effective you know you know what's happening you know, in this economy, I mean, they can say whatever they want. If it's just a, they do actually say whatever they want. It they, it doesn't make rhyme or reason. Uh, they just come out with yeah, you know, whatever they want to say. If if the dollar, they feel like, oh, the dollar came up a, you know, some, you know, increased, and so hey we see some gain. They just okay. There's no gain based on trillions and trillions but they say there's game because it throws a dollar or something and so
1: all right ladies and gentlemen people are asking if a financial reset's coming in 2023 time will tell but i got some good news to talk about with brian in the last segment we'll do it on your radio
8: You are a racist, your mom is a racist, your dad is a racist, and your entire family is racist, and you should all be punished. That's what Governor Brad Little thinks about you, so much so that he took $30 million of taxpayers' money to force critical race theory down the throats of school children, even though the Idaho legislature voted against it. This is the doctrine that teaches your children that just because they are white, they are racist. Yes, your governor, good old Brad Little, violated the Constitutional law and did this while you weren't watching. Why is Governor Brad Little paying to promote radical leftist doctrine loved by Democrats like Boise Mayor McClain and sleepy Joe Biden? This is Ammon Bundy, and we need to completely reject critical race theory in Idaho.
0: Paid for by Ammon Bundy for Governor. VoteBundy.com.
1: back with you live ladies and gentlemen everybody tries to predict the economy it's not possible but there are indicators that point to things and i'm telling you right now when literally jp morgan's jamie diamond hints of war when chris licked says cnn's kind of melting down when meta braces for trouble because their profits are down and facebook losing Big time. They say slump, profit slump 52%. That's more than a slump, ladies and gentlemen. And they say, hey, it's way down at Facebook and stock tumbles. And then Ford Motor loses money and kind of, you know, has all these writing off all this stuff. And then you got this inverted yield curve where everybody's panicking, going, oh my gosh. And now you ask, is a financial reset coming in 2023, Brian? Many are saying yes and the government will use the opportunity to jettison the dollar. Uh, What do you think? Is it that soon? Well, we're already seeing, like, European aircraft manufacturers
4: like Airbus. They're starting to sell uh, their aircraft to European countries and so on in euros. China is also doing or conducting cross-border trade uh, in their currency. So I think the writing's on the wall. I mean, uh, as far as the dollar – Will it disappear overnight? Maybe not overnight, but it's it's definitely going to lose control of perhaps the world trade, um, like the petrodollar, as we so call it, and other things. But, yeah, I think it's
1: happening. Yeah, pretty soon it's going to be the petro-ruble, Brian. The <laughs> ruble. There you go.
4: That's uh, I think say it rolls off the tongue very nicely. And so, mate, perhaps that's uh, – Don't you cool. want some of the rubles, Brian? <laughs> I've got some of those uh, rubles in the shop, uh, some of the other oh, currencies. Right. So,
1: if you all want to invest in rubles and fake nickels, go ahead there. I'm going to stick with – we'll get- Currency myself. Buy it. You could buy buy a ruble and we'll
4: get throw in a buffalo nickel as a.
1: a, 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 a oh man, so, yeah, folks, don't do tactic. that. Get get constitutional <laughs> currency. You can also buy those million dollars Zimbabwe notes too. <laughs> yeah, that's right. I They're got not some too expensive, right?
4: So
1: yeah, yeah. Good point. <laughs> those million dollar notes we'll are cheap. <laughs> All right, this is an awesome story, Brian, that I want to bring to your attention and get your take on this. Listen to this. Bill introduced in Congress to restore gold standard. I kid you not, articles by Peter Rakowski. Uh, and he's with the New American, just so you know, uh, doing a great job at the New American magazine. And then it says this, legislation has been introduced into Congress to restore the gold standard, they say, they say that it's a major step toward adhering to the U.S. Constitution and bringing back sound money policies. The new com. is a great first step. Now listen, H.R. 9157 is the bill. It's titled the Gold Standard Restoration Act. And they say it's sponsored by U.S. uh, Representative Alex Mooney. I guess he's a Republican of West Virginia. Uh, And if it acted, this bill, they say, would be a significant step to restoring sanity to U.S. monetary uh, supply and policy. Uh, It could be huge, Brian. What do you say? Well, imagine that going back
4: to constitutional currency. The problem we we face now is is uh, how do we get back on that train? I mean, how do we back our metal, or back our paper, or you know, our currency by by metal? I mean, or trade in in, in that. So it it that'd be very interesting. But it, I think that's a a large task. It'd be great to get back on it, but uh, it's going to be a huge task. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, and I I commend uh, this uh, congressman or whatever you want to say for working on this. I think it's a great bill. I think it really has promise. But, again, we know that it will be very tough to make it go anywhere because even the Republicans aren't willing to come clean and tell the truth and stand for the Constitution. They say in the list of legislative findings that justify this bill, Brian, the bill correctly notes that the Federal Reserve note has lost more than 30% of its value of it, or its purchasing power, Might you call it, since 2000. So it's lost 30% since 2000 and 97% of its purchasing power value since the passage of the Federal Reserve Act in 1913. And it also notes that under official Fed policy, The dollar loses half of its purchasing power every 35 years, Brian. Uh, That is (laughs) shocking when you really think about that. You lose half the power every 35 years. Since 2000, we've already lost 30%. And since 1913, it's lost 97%. So your silver dollar of the constitutional days is now worth 3 cents, Brian. (laughs) <laughs> well, uh, man, get out
4: and spend it before you dump it on the street like the Weimar Republic notes. But, no, it's uh, – yeah, I mean, it, it's it's ridiculous that uh, we're in this – why do – you know, we're in this uh, – where we're at right now. I mean, the Federal Reserve, why why do we have a Federal Reserve? Why are we paying trillions – I think we've hit the trillion mark now is of interest just to create the currency that we're going to spend but we're going to pay this company – Trillions of dollars of interest because they're the ones actually printing it on their machine. So it was it was made to fail this this system. So now we're
1: here. Now what are hey, we doing? Roger that. Now we're here. It's literally proven to fail and destroy the wealth of the American people. It's criminal, ladies and gentlemen. But when they talk about the bill, they say emphasizing the need for a stable dollar, fixed exchange rates, yeah. and money supply controlled by the markets, not the government folks then they go on and talk about HR 9157 states that returning to the gold standard is necessary for monetary and fiscal sanity along with limited government it states the gold standard puts control of the money supply with the market instead of the federal reserve uh, it discourages deficit spending and encourages the balancing of federal budgets. Ultimately, Congress must abolish the Federal Reserve. However, H.R. 9157 is a great first step to kick it off and get it started, Brian. Yeah, it is. I mean, we're, can't, we're, we're looking
4: at this in the face right now,
0: and and, and,
1: uh, and now it's reality.
4: And, and so it re- realistically, do, do the people... Do the people look at this and say, okay, well, let's see how this is going to work, and do we even trust the fact of putting it in the government's hands because they've done such a great job over these last, you know, years? Do we trust the fact that this is going to go in place? Now, is Russia already in a good spot? Is China in a good spot because they're already backing their money by metal, and so now we think, oh, whoops, I guess we should have got in a good spot as well or perhaps – Held on to what we had at Fort Knox because I don't believe there's anything in Fort Knox.
5: <clears throat> but
4: the, you know, one of the finer uh, little final word here. I, I think there was something you know, Ron Paul used to have on his desk or something. It says, uh, um, "The government does uh, don't steal. The government doesn't like competition." Well, how can don't Roger steal that. the government? Yeah, well, <laughs> I mean, it, that's what it is. I mean, they don't want competition, so they're going they, go they, to. That's Fort why Knox... they created the Federal Reserve.
1: I bet you if you go into Fort Knox, Brian, there is something there because they wouldn't have nothing. What they'd have is a bunch of tungsten. <laughs> Good point. Painted, they're painted yellow kind of tungsten. That that way it looks, yeah, that way it looks like it's all happening <laughs> until you really dig in and prove it and test it. They'd be like, open all big bay doors and they'd be like, there it is. Look at that, man. It's incredible. And then they'd take a big old you know, image and then... You know, but if anybody tested, there'd be tungsten. And then we would say it's tungsten. And then they would say conspiracy theorists believe there's nothing but tungsten in Fort Knox and would go down the rabbit hole. Right. There we go. And then 50 years later, they'd say, I guess them conspiracy wackos are right. There ain't nothing there that's of any value. It was all a a, uh, whatever. And but, you know, you won't find that out for 50, 100 years because it'll be classified deep six. And and it won't come out for a long time. It'll come out when the JFK papers come out, Brian.
4: Yeah, it's a, maybe it's when the yeah, JFK, but that's it. Maybe you know it's, there's war and and some some uh, shell hits that place, and then they we really see reality, and then we're we're shocked by the fact of oh wow, we thought that was real gold, and <laughs> we we got to rely on Kurt and some of that liquid gold. Maybe that's that's what we need.
1: Yeah, Put you need honey. You also probably need some uh, <laughs> rhodium. Rhodium.
4: Go ahead <laughs> right. and you know take care
1: of business with the rhodium there. <laughs>
4: Hey, it's up four hundred. It's it's sitting at fifteen thousand. So Kurt's Wow. Kurt's
1: doing all right. <laughs> all right. So well, Kurt's wanting to buy some radio stations, so I hope things go well for him on that front, man. I'll tell you that right now. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Anyway, Good. uh let me just tell you the fun story to end the hour that I think you might like, Brian. Um, things are so bad in Oakland, California with the crime and everything else. Now, the headline says California, the Oakland Police Department wants to arm robots with shotguns. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. That's, you know, uh... <laughs> that, that robot might be programmed to take a look at <laughs> Sam and Brian. And, you know, those are those gold nuts over there. And, and uh, I'm just saying, armed robots, dude, that just. Have we lost our minds? We think cars could drive themselves, and then Ford has to take a massive hit because they can't, and now we're going to have armed robots running around? Yeah. I hope they don't get into well, a Microsoft loop where they're like, we just went on shoot mode, and we had to be rebooted to get stopped.
4: Yeah, I, I want to hear, hear the, the apologies when something does go wrong. What's their story going to be? That, that'll that be interesting. <clears throat> Janet I'm, I'm not... has dropped the broom, hit the button, and I don't know. <laughs>
1: I'm more peaceful than that. I like robots to serve me food, not uh, point guns at me, Brian. Right. We went to a restaurant right. in Vegas where they had robots following the waitress around, and the robots would carry all the hot plates and all the trays and everything else and just follow this waitress right to our table buddy and she'd turn around and unload the robot to our table and then she'd dismiss the robot and talk to us for a minute and then she'd go on her way and the robot would follow her to the next table. It was pretty cool. I kind of like peaceful robots, Brian. That's just me. I'm just one of these guys that – you know, one of them conspiracy peaceful dudes running around. You know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, I like it. I,
4: you know, I, I think of the in my mind though. You know, those guys on the opposite side. A chair is sticking out just a little bit too far. The robot catches the chair, knocks the guy down. The food goes over. I mean, no, sorry, I shouldn't get there. But yeah, I like the peaceful thing too. I agree.
1: I'm just saying, and I know the robots <laughs> aren't perfect, but I'm just saying I'd rather have them like. You know, let's let's let that thing run around and Robo vacuum my floor, and let's let it serve food, and that's all cool. But man, don't be yep. arming those things with like shotguns. That's right. I mean, what I the agree. heck are we thinking, man? <laughs> uh-huh. well, and so here's the deal: they want to disarm all the people, but arm the shotguns. Yeah, Where's the gun right. control people when you need them, Brian? Yes. Yeah. Who who's gonna
4: who's gonna uh... Uh, steal the robots. It will be all the criminals. Will they take charge of all the robots? And then it could be Armageddon?
1: Oh, man. Ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> pray for <laughs> peace, <laughs> prepare for war, get constitutional currency, love the Lord thy God. Those are our suggestions, ladies and gentlemen. And go to RussCoinGift.com because they'll take good care of you and tell you the truth about honest money. Thank you, Brian. Hey, you bet. Thanks, Sam. He's always doing a phenomenal job on your radio, ladies and gentlemen. The Honest Money Report, every Thursday on your radio. I'm Sam Bushman, and we declare this nation shall endure. LibertyRoundTable.com, LovingLiberty.net. Be liberal in your donations, would you please? It's the only time we accept liberalism here, folks. God save the republic.
0: Casting live from atop the Rocky Mountains, the crossroads of the West, you are listening to the Liberty Roundtable Radio Talk Radio Talk Show.
1: All right. Happy to have you along, my fellow Americans. Sam Bushman, live on your radio. This is the broadcast for October the 27th in the year of our Lord, 2022. This is indeed our two of two and the goal always, to promote God, family, and country, to protect life, liberty, and property, to do so using the blueprint for liberty, the supreme law of the land, the Constitution of the United States of America, to reject revolution, to stand for peaceful restoration of the greatest country on the face of the earth, and to use the checks and balances our founding fathers gave us to restore the republic. Wow, we got a road to hope. Welcome to the broadcast. Last hour, we had the Honest Money Report with Brian Rust. RushCoinandGift.com doing a phenomenal job as always. We talked about J.P. Morgan's Jamie Dimon hints of war. That's worse than the recession, he says. Well, he says politics, but when you dig into it, he talks about all these countries and the possibility of uh, uh, a war sparking conflict, if you will. Chris Lick, CNN. Hey, man, we got to lay everybody off. We're melting down. Meta bracing for trouble as their profits just tank? Ford Motor Company tanking, admitting self-driving cars ain't real. They lied, sorry. Spent a bunch of money, lost it all on it. Uh, We talked about the inverted yield curve. They claim just shows that a recession is coming. They love to use the term slump, though. We're in a slump there. Uh, Is the financial reset coming in 2023, we ask? I don't know. Bill introduced into Congress, announcing a gold standard return. We got to have it. HR 9157 is what it is, baby. I'm telling you, it's called the Gold, let's see, it's called the Gold Standard Restoration Act, and boy, how do we need that, man. It's sponsored by U.S. Rep. Alex Mooney. I don't even know much about this guy from Virginia, but you know what? Good for him. He talks about in the list of legislative findings how much we've really lost. Okay, since 1913, ladies and gentlemen, understand, since 1913, we've lost 97% of the value of our dollar. Uh, Since 2000, we've already lost 30% of our dollar. And every 35 years, we lose 50%. Folks, we are melting down at a rapid rate. But I guess if you've already melted down to only 3% of the value, hey, it'll take 35 years and it'll only be 1.5%. I'll be dead by then. So, you know, there you go. Because look, 35 years, I'd be what? I'm 55 now, 65, 75, 85. I'd be 90. Man, I'm not going to be living until 90 years old, I don't think, ladies and gentlemen. And if so, I won't be on your radio, I doubt, right? But emphasizing the need for a stable dollar, ladies and gentlemen, they point out. Fixed exchange rates. We need to have the market determine money, not your government, not the Federal Reserve. Ultimately, Congress must completely abolish the Federal Reserve. However, H.R. uh, 9157 is a great Step in the right direction. Amen to that. Now, the Oakland Police Department of California, those thugs want to arm robots with shotguns. They're absolutely off their rock crazy. Um, Why do they want to arm robots and disarm the people? I mean, what are we thinking in the republic, ladies and gentlemen? But I digress. All right. uh, Let's see. Oh, there's so much to talk about, so little time. Um, At the top of the hour news, I wanted to mention this. It was um, a news soundbite talking about, um, you know, Elon Musk and his uh, Internet. What's that thing called, Cameron? Um, Oh, yeah, it's called Starlink. Uh, Anyway, and Starlink now has normally had fixed dishes being able to receive Internet. Now they're moving to, well, they're adding moving uh, Internet capabilities for yachts and Um, airlines and all kinds of, uh, things, which I, I find phenomenal. It's really expensive, but you know, if you're on a yacht and you can provide an internet to all these people, hopefully it'll decrease the cost and increase stability. When you're on a cruise, you'll have better internet. Whenever I've been on a cruise, the internet's not very good. And when I go into airlines, you know, the internet's not very good either. They have it, but it's expensive and it's not very good. Hopefully this will change that game. And, you know, since Cameron is so wealthy, I just thought he could put one of those dudes on top of his RV and check it out for me. Let me know how it goes, man. Anyway, pretty cool stuff, though. Uh, there are things that are real, folks. And then there's things that are hoaxes. Uh, it looks like Starlink is real. Um, internally, we've had some people testing it, uh, and it is pretty cool. Now, we don't have the mobile version that's expensive as all get out. We just have the mere mortal version <laughs> that average businesses or people can really afford and use. Nevertheless, it's very impressive, folks. Uh, let's be clear about that. It's very uh, impressive, indeed, uh, what they've managed uh, to accomplish. All right, I also wanted to mention this interesting um, news tidbit, if you will. Uh, It was at the, what, bottom of the hour news or the top of the hour news? I think bottom of the hour news last hour. And it was very interesting because I've told you folks for decades. Everybody says, Sam, how many listeners do you have? And I say, I don't know. And they say, what do you mean you don't know? You know, uh, Nielsen and, and, and all the radio stations know how many listeners they have. They have books that come out every quarter that tell them. And especially in the digital world, Sam, it can count listeners and viewers and and all that streaming. You can count how many streams. And and I said, no, you can't. It isn't true. They're lying to you. It isn't right. They fudge the numbers. They play games. And then everybody kind of thinks that I don't know enough about tech. And so they think, well, Sam's just not really caught up on, you know, everybody else knows, but Sam doesn't. Sam's not caught up. And then I kind of just laugh at him and go, you know what? You guys don't know. You think you know and you think you're right, but you don't know. And I do know. Why? Because I'm a tech guy. Why? Because I'm a radio and TV guy. Why? Because I've been in this streaming gig forever. Since it got on the internet, I was one of the first people to stream, folks. Okay? I know about this. And I used to own a radio station, so I used to be able to dig into those Nielsen baloney ratings and all this other garbage. Arbitron and all these people who claim they have the numbers. And everybody said, oh, no, Sam, you just don't know. Well, now there's a big debate that literally puts it in your face and proves to you that I'm right and they don't know. Two of the biggest companies in the world, now Nielsen Ratings, who have been literally has, for the most part, a monopoly on this for decades. Used to be Arbitron, now Nielsen, right? Uh, And Amazon, the big upsetter, Jeff Bezos and crew, they're debating the numbers. So how does Sam not know and everybody else knows if Nielsen... And Amazon are widely differing on the numbers they're reporting. This all relates to football, too. So let's take all the politics out of it and prove they don't know. Here's the bottom of the hour news report. So, how many
7: eyeballs are on the gridiron these days?
5: If you ask the Nielsen Company, 7.8 million people watched last Thursday's football game between New Orleans and Arizona. Most of them streaming it on Arizona Prime. But if you ask Amazon, they'll tell you 8.9 million were actually watching. For each game this fall, Amazon has publicly contradicted Nielsen which has monopolized the business of estimating audience size of people watching programs for decades. The dispute has implications for the future as advertising becomes a bigger part of streaming and technology improves.
1: Amazon contradicts Nielsen. They are way far apart. How much are they, a million-plus people apart, Cameron? Right? Uh, what do you think that means? They're over a million apart. We're only talking about seven or eight million, nine million people. So they're like a million and a half apart. How much is that? I mean, it's more than 10% different, right? And now they say Nielsen builds cloud native data reporting platform. Why are they doing that? Right? Right. because they know that they're not right. So the headline says, Amazon Prime sparred over who really watches football. So Nielsen and Amazon are fighting over this. Right? Now there's another uh, week that they compared this, and one said, yeah, the next or, or previous weeks are in different articles, they say. Nielsen predicts and uh, Amazon predicts, and now they say $10 million versus $12 million in this article. Right? So what does all that even mean now, folks, when these guys are just sparring about this now? Does it mean that I didn't know and that they do know? So here's the next question. Are they either of them right is the real question that you got to ask. If Nielsen says they have a number and they know, and Amazon says, no, we have a number and we know, who do you think really knows, Cameron? Well, so we don't know if either one of them are right. What if I say this? They're counting dogs Uh, because a lot of times people leave the TV on and then they take off and go out to dinner and the game's on and the dog's there. And they're streaming to a dog, right, Cameron? And see, so they're counting a the dog is watching. You know, the pit bull watches the game. That's one of them 10 or 12 million or some odd number people we're talking about. Now it's streams. They count one stream that comes into your house. Let's say they really are watching the game. And they brought a, a, a bunch of guys over to watch the game. And there's 10 dudes in there couple of girls in the kitchen helping out there. And they'll see how racist and and, and misogynistic I get and everything like that. And and so they're all watching the game. And so how many do you count then? One stream, 10 dudes, couple wives are over there, girlfriends, two or three or four girls or whatever. And they're serving the food and hanging out with the boys. So there's 14 people, but some are watching. Some aren't. The dog's over there laying down. Cat's up there perched on the whatever. And uh, how many people are watching then? Cameron, help me out with that. There's one stream. There's 10 dudes. There's a dog. There's a cat. There's a few women in the kitchen or running in and out and stuff like that. How many people are watching, Cameron? (laughs) If you go by Amazon, it's 43. If you go by Nielsen, it's 30. If you go by me, it might be five or six because half the guys are talking and looking at something else on their phone and laughing about a joke. And uh, another dude just went to the restroom and... Uh, shall I keep going? Oh, one dude ran out for beer, he's not even here. <laughs> okay, hang tight, hard-hitting talk on your radio, I am, Sam Bushman. This is a battle. A
4: battle between truth and deceit. A battle between forces that would enslave this country in darkness, and between a media that wants to present you with the truth. We are being censored. America's news outlets no longer provide the truth. Ninety percent of news outlets in the United States are controlled by six corporations. The mission of the Epic Times is to chase the truth, to ground all statements in fact
1: Back with you live, ladies and gentlemen, Sam Bushman on your radio. So I say they don't know how many people are listening, and I say that, you know what, they don't have evidence, they don't have facts. They're like, no, listen, we have people write down in this book every 15 minutes what they're listening to. That was the old school stuff. Then they said, no, that's not accurate enough, so we got to go get the people people, uh, the portable people meters is what they called those things. What are those things called? The PPM, the portable people meters there, and the portable people Meters, those are uh, those are more accurate than them paper journals people used to fill out, and because uh, they can monitor you. Now they're saying, well, the portable people meters don't really work, because what happens when a stream happens, and um, well, somebody watches it uh, without commercials the day later. They've gotta uh, broaden the spectrum to a week or two to see who's watching, and, and well, we don't know if it's live or not. What does live mean? Is it live if I watch it live? Uh, is it live if I started a half hour later, but because I've got it dvr is that a term anymore? I've got it recorded there, um, and I'm watching it a half hour late, and I'm kind of skipping the commercials and catching up. Is that live? Uh, it's not really live. It's kind of um, time-shifted there. And uh, Do they count? How do you know how many people are watching? How do? You, well, Sam, we don't know how many people are watching. We just count TVs. Oh, do you now? Do you? Well, how many TVs do I got in my house then, smarts? Well, some of them are not even hooked up there because they're used for computer monitors and such like that. Do they count? See, how do you know? You don't know, and you pretend you know, and you lie. And when you dig in, it's kind of like how they do, um, you know, voter, uh, whatever they call it. Vote. Uh, what's that thing called when you come out of the voting booth and then they kind of try to count you or say how many people or whatever? What's that called? Um. Anyway, they guesstimate how many people are voting or whatever. And they don't even know. Now, let's take American Idol or let's take The Voice or one of these other, you know, shows. Um, They say, vote. You can vote for your favorite artist up to 10 times there. Uh, So now, do they count the votes and determine how many people are watching? Do they count the TVs? Do they count how many people are really watching and paying attention? See, they want to use this for advertising, ladies and gentlemen. But how many of us skip the ads, Cameron? How many of us, the second an ad comes on, it's like, time to get a drink, time to go to the restroom, <laughs> time to follow up with my wife and make sure she got home okay, or, you know, time to let my wife know that I'm leaving now, uh, or okay, is how many people are really paying attention, and how many people are watching football or watching some of these other shows versus how many people are paying attention to the commercials is a whole different matter. But when Sam Bushman goes off right in the middle of his commentary and tells you that, hey, man, RushCoinandGift.com has your back when it comes to constitutional currency, baby, gold and silver, the Honest Money Report, go to Brian. you got a friend in the coin business, RushCoinandGift.com. Back to the topic of Nielsen ratings. Now that commercial counts, baby. That's a whole lot different than, hey, we'll be right back. And everybody walks away and we'll all be right back, won't we? (laughs) How many people are watching now? And they do this with the Super Bowl. And the Super Bowl, for example, is one of the top garnering dollars. You know, they sell $7 million 30-second commercials for that sucker, right? Well, folks, I'm here to tell you right now how many people are watching the Super Bowl. Well, it all depends on how you define watching. They're there. They're eating chip and dip. They're joking with their cousins or teasing their girlfriend or, uh, you know, hanging out with family. And people are off making the dips and chips and wings. And they walk in, hey, what's the score? Oh, man, our people are de- – oh, that sucks. Then all of a sudden someone's in the kitchen getting some more food or doing this or that. And everybody on the around the TV screams. And so you run and go, what's up? Oh, man, they just literally threw the ball the whole length of the field and scored a touchdown. It was incredible. And then they, you know – Now, did that person watch that that just ran in and heard about it? Are they watching the game? What about the other guys that missed it but turned around just in time? What about, okay, and you go through all this stuff, and you say, well, Sam, they don't claim they have exact numbers. They all know that it's great estimations. But you know what? Their guesstimations are very good. They're, like, extremely accurate, Sam. And my response is, okay, then tell me how Nielsen – And Amazon can be so far off. One claims in this one example from CBS News that I have, in other examples, one said 10 million watched, the other said 12 million watched. Folks, what kind of a spread is that? Two million off? So if I take that 10 million example that I just gave you relating to football, what if you apply that to the Super Bowl? If they're 2 million different on 10 million times that times 10, they're like 20 million plus off. And that's if everybody's really watching. And that's if, okay, they don't know. They don't know. You say, Sam, how many people are listening to you? I don't know. When I tell you that straight out, I don't know. You say, Sam, well, can't you count? No, I can't. Let me tell you why. (laughs) There's people that listen to me from universities and other places And I don't know behind their firewall if they're distributing uh, my broadcast. They could download it once and listen to it a thousand times in their university and pass it around. And one of the people that I know even admitted to me they used some of the information for training in their classrooms. So now you download my one file and you say one person downloaded it, right, Sam? Yeah, but then this professor used it and they maybe shared it with 300 students. Is say, yes, Sam, but they only shared part of it with those 300 students. I know. I get it. So do you count them as watchers or listeners or viewers or not? Well, no, Sam, they're analyzers. Okay. The only one that really listened was the professor to find out, right, and to point out the content. Okay. But, see, we're going down a rabbit hole, folks. They don't know. And I challenge any of you, Nielsen, Amazon, Bigwig from CNN, Joe Blow from Fox, Redneck from whatever, Clear Channel, and so-and-so from whatever music service you want, iHeartRadio, I'll take on every one of you people, and I'll prove to you that you don't even know. You want me to tell you how I can prove it to you? Not only did I highlight the debate between Amazon and uh, Nielsen on this, but remember all them fake users that Facebook and, and, and YouTube and, and all the all these groups have? Uh, Twitter, and they literally kicked off literally millions and millions of people and shut them down. Why don't you all drag out your data and tell me if they were included in your viewers and listeners and watchers and clickers and whatever you want to call them. Viewers and, and uh, what do they call them when you just see something? Impressions and all these different breakdown terms they use to try to define uh, their metrics. I'm going to challenge it. and say, were all those fake users that were, quote, Russian bots on the Internet, Chinese bots, and and now uh, Elon Musk is battling with Twitter saying, hey, you've got probably a third less users than you claim. And they're like, no, we don't. It's only 20% or whatever they're claiming. And, okay, were all those people watching and listening before to your, quote, primetime TV and your mainstream press reports? And if the answer is yes, then you were totally deceived and totally wrong, Right. Yeah, that's right, Sam. I hate to admit it, but you're right. No, they'll lie and manipulate and say, well, no, Sam, that, and but the bottom line is, hey, what about all those Facebook and Twitter users and Instagram users and YouTube users that you claimed you had and you didn't really know and you really didn't, right? And that's if the numbers are honest, but they just missed the boat. What if they have back-end algorithms that cheat? Then it's even worse than I'm claiming, right? Well, yes, yeah, Sam. how can you prove your numbers to me then? Because you know what? You guys uh, are manipulating things, right? <clears throat> See, that's the problem. They're sparring over this, but I've been at this for 25-plus years digging into these numbers, proving these things, right? How do we know the ratings are right? Well, how many fake Facebook users are there? Were those people watching? No, Sam, this is cable TV. We have more accurate information on cable TV there. Yeah? What does Comcast say? Well, they've got real numbers over there at Comcast. See? Oh, yeah? Well, now, for example, the voice is on Peacock. Does Peacock have better streaming numbers than Hulu before them? Right? Do all these people have? What about when these companies uh, put together numbers and people challenged them and they had to renege? Right? Look up Facebook Real Numbers for me on the Google there, ladies and gentlemen, when you get a minute. Do you trust Google? <laughs> Are they going to give you the real numbers? See, you could trust Google, by golly. Right? Real number profiles. Did you know that you could even view the profiles of people named Real Number? <laughs> Do they count? Hey, I'm Real Number uh, 98. There, uh, Real Number. Yeah. Facebook numbers, live numbers, mirrored numbers, fake phone numbers. Yeah. I'm telling you right now, they're feeding you full of baloney. if they tell you they know the numbers. They don't. And I'm a tech guy, and I can prove it. There's lawsuits about this. Did you know that? All right, Pete Seppin, seconds. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live.
0: Exposing corruption. Informing citizens. Pursuing liberty. You're listening to Liberty News Radio.
7: USA Radio News with Lance Pry.
5: A bridge under construction in Kansas collapsed Wednesday afternoon in Clay County, killing an unidentified man. The Clay County Sheriff's Office said the bridge spans Carroll Creek. That's about a a two-and-a-half-hour drive west of Kansas City. PIO Sarah Boyd said four people were trapped when the structure failed. Three of them were able to free themselves with minor injuries. The Chinese government has been accused of establishing at least two undeclared police stations in the Netherlands. Dutch media found the evidence and believe they are being used to try to silence Chinese dissidents in Europe. A spokesman for the Dutch foreign ministry said the existence of the unofficial police stations is illegal. After a trial filled with interruptions, madness and confusion, Milwaukee resident Daryl Brooks was found guilty. Of six counts of first-degree intentional homicide after crashing his SUV into a Christmas parade in Waukesha, Wisconsin, just about a year ago. In all, he intentionally hit 68 people and has once again shown soft-on-crime DAs are the problem. Brooks was free on bail days before the attack, accused of using his SUV to run over the mother of his child. She fortunately survived. In the high-profile race for New York state governor, polls indicate that interim Democrat Governor Kathy Hochul and Republican challenger Representative Lee Zeldin are locked in a very close contest. That will be determined in less than two weeks. Representative Zeldin on Fox News says the issue of crime in New York and soft-on-crime DAs are on New Yorkers' minds.
2: So if you want to to secure our streets, you want to take back our streets, you have to get rid of these pro-criminal governors and have balance returned to state legislators uh, like ours. We need to suspend cashless bail and these other pro-criminal laws. And the first thing that I will do the first day that I am in office is telling the Manhattan District Attorney Alvin Bragg that he is being removed.
5: USA Radio News.
3: Finding great candidates to hire can be like, well,
1: All right, our guest is here. Our guest is here, so we're going to switch gears, but I got one more point to make on this, ladies and gentlemen. So there's this big battle between Nielsen ratings and Amazon, and they're debating on how many viewers they have for football. And I've told you that they don't know how many listeners they have, and they pretend they do, but they lie. And I've been telling people this for literally 30 years now, almost, that, you know what, they don't know how many numbers they have, and they're not telling you the truth when they claim they know. So the Los Angeles Times wrote an article, so you guys can find this. I I always document what I say, so I want to just prove it really quick, then our guest. Facebook's Massive Fake Numbers Problem is the headline. Facebook's Massive Fake Numbers Problem. It was in the Los Angeles Times, ladies and gentlemen, just so you know where it came from. And they talk about how Facebook's own estimates suggest duplicate accounts represent approximately 11% of monthly active users, while fake versions make up another 5%. Others claim the numbers are much higher, but 11% and 5% is already what? 16% there? That's a huge number, folks. So the social network, they say, has 2.5% billion monthly active members, but almost 400 million of them are bogus. Are those the ones that are supposedly not watching or watching football? How do you know? See, I'm telling you folks, they don't even know, and they're clueless, and I'm proving it to you with their own information and the mainstream press. Just thought I'd share that with you for fun. All right, Pete Sepp with us. They're playing games with tack numbers too, huh, Pete?
6: Oh, yes, indeed they are.
1: All right, let's talk about it there. Where do we go from here? It's right before the elections. What's being claimed and what's real?
6: Well, of course, there are a lot of claims out there, and especially with today's news that uh, there was large economic growth in the uh, most recently concluded quarter of the year that somehow the so-called Inflation Reduction Act And the tax increases contained in that bill, as well as other Biden administration policies, are somehow contributing to an economic recovery. Well, of course, one quarter of economic data certainly does not constitute a recovery. And the opinion of most economists is unchanged that we are headed towards some kind of recession in the next uh, several quarters, probably by middle of next year. In, uh, there are others who say we're already actually in a sort of recession. Even though the GDP numbers look good last, uh, last quarter, there are other signs that uh, we have a slumped housing market. Inflation remains untamed. Interest rates are rising, which means not only are individuals and companies paying more to borrow money, so is the federal government putting taxpayers on the hook. So there are a lot of troubling signs on the horizon, and certainly to say that tax increases that were recently enacted in August are having either no effect or a good effect on the economy, that's probably the biggest lie of all.
1: Say the biggest lie of all again? I wanna repeat that.
6: That tax increases enacted in August are either having no impact or a beneficial impact on the economy? No way, no way. They're that having a happened.
1: serious. They're having a serious negative impact. You combine those with uh, inflation, you've got a recipe for recession. If we're not very, very careful, Pete.
6: Yes, that's right. You know, back in the days of President Jerry Ford, there was a slogan, and they they had it on little buttons that they were giving out to folks. WIN, WITH INFLATION NOW, that was the acronym. Well, we were actually around as an organization back during Jerry Ford's term. And uh, National Taxpayers Union came out with its own button, LOSE. Let's oppose stupid expenditures. And I can tell you, even 50 years, close to 50 years later, that still makes a lot of sense in an inflationary environment. The federal government needs to stop spending so much money. That is contributing to inflation. It's contributing to upward pressure on taxes. It's certainly contributing to more borrowing, which is getting more expensive because of higher interest rates.
1: Do you think there's any way that we can get them to tell mellow out on the spending? It almost seems like it doesn't matter who's the train engineer. They simply lose their minds. (laughs)
6: Well, it is difficult, but I think we have a couple of opportunities coming up. For one, uh, the expiration of the so-called debt ceiling, the statutory ceiling that Congress has to enact every so often to affirm the amount of borrowing that we're engaging in. Uh, That will be an opportunity for us to say, look, we have to put the brakes on federal spending so that in the future, we stop borrowing so much and stop having to debate this debt ceiling. Another opportunity um, in early 2023, the so-called PAYGO caps come into effect. These were statutory caps on certain parts of federal spending that uh, were enacted and were never repealed a good 10, no, uh, 12 years ago now. And uh, those could very well be able to put the brakes on maybe 120 even 150 billion dollars worth of excess federal spending. Now, that's not huge given a 4 trillion dollar plus federal budget every year, but it's a start.
1: No doubt we need to start, we need to start somewhere and I you know I don't like the partisan divide. I don't like the blame game, Pete. I like people that are really working on solutions, and sadly, for some reason, there's a lot of people working on solutions from both sides of the aisle, but the mainstream doesn't make folks aware of that. I think that's a real travesty, sir.
6: Yes, it certainly is, and we try to do our part, actually, with what we call our annual no-brainers list. Uh, We take 10 bills that have bipartisan pedigree, Democrats and Republicans, as sponsors, And supporters and say, what are fiscal policy issues that at least both parties, a few members of both parties agree on that we might be able to push through Congress right now? And actually, we had more than 10 that we could have chosen. We simply chose the top 10. Uh, There are plenty. Uh, One, the Whistleblower Protection Improvement Act. Well, we need more whistleblowers in government saying, hey, wait a minute. You're not following the law. You're wasting money. We need to do something about it. We need to protect these folks who speak out. Uh, We also have, of course, um, the National Emergencies Act reform. Uh, That's a bill that would say that the president has limited powers to spend significant taxpayer funds without the approval of Congress. Imagine, uh, for example, if we had that kind of law in place before Joe Biden essentially wrote off 400 odd billion and climbing in student loan debt. Uh, we would be having a much different discussion now instead. We have hundreds of billions more added to the national debt with an executive order by the president. Uh, there are lawsuits out there on a constitutional basis saying the president can't do that. But if we had this NEA reform bill already in place as a law, there would be no doubt that the president had zero authority to do what he did.
1: It's hard to know where to go because there's a disconnect between what's really happening and all the things you're talking about. The American people, the American people aren't aware of any of this, Pete.
6: Yeah, it's very difficult because mainstream media doesn't really cover actual legislation or important issues affecting people anymore. They, they always focus on the horse race or the boxing match or Whatever contest analogy you want to use, it's always about the personalities involved rather than the policies involved. And we really have to focus more on policy. Otherwise, uh, this country is in serious trouble. It already is, and it's going to get to the point of no return very soon if we don't get smarter about fiscal policy.
1: And I I know what they might say is they might say, listen, that stuff's boring. It doesn't get ratings. It's, you know, people will turn us off. I understand that, but I think it all depends a lot on how you pitch it, though. You don't have to get into super uber detail. All you've got to say is, look, this bill would give an opportunity for whatever. Um, I think that you could frame it in a way that people would like it. If you can boil it down to some simple uh, reality checks like you've done, if you can convert uh, convert or people to understanding and and getting involved, Hey, tell your Congressman to work on this or that, or it could be done very simply. It used to be done very simply that way. You don't have to get into all the complicated battles back and forth, but you can highlight things that people could actually work on. I believe people would feel more empowered and they'd feel more less disenfranchised. If you will, I think there's a a great place to go here. If we'd do it.
6: Yeah, I absolutely think so. And, Here's one issue that's hitting pretty close to home that we'll discuss on the other side of the break. It's called 1099-K, and a lot of people need to start caring about it real quick.
1: We'll do it with Pete Sepp. You are listening to Liberty Roundtable Live, and we're talking about the National Taxpayers Union, partnering with folks for tax reform all around the world and at your local level as well. NTU.org in seconds. All right, ladies and gentlemen, Pete Sepp with me, president of National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org. We're talking about there's a lot of things being done that the American people don't know about. Derelict media, uh, dereliction in their duty is part of the problem. Look, we can make these simple. We can make these things easy to understand where people can actually feel empowered by getting involved, Pete. Yes,
6: indeed. And one way they can get involved is to take a look at the federal level at our no-brainers list. It's an annual list of legislation we put out that have bipartisan sponsorship and support in both chambers of Congress that could be passed and could be sent to the president's desk if the legislative session and legislative leadership would simply permit it. These are all important issues to taxpayers. They may not be world-breaking, world-shaking issues, but they're places to start, and that's one of the most important things you and I always discuss on this show, Sam. We will always want to climb the tallest mountain first and try to solve the entire problem of the national debt or a convoluted tax system or a government that's grown out of its constitutional bounds. That's never the way that the left has worked in this country. They do it gradually, bit by bit, and over the course of 50 years— Or more have seriously endangered our constitutional system of government and our liberties. We need to actually take a page from that playbook and take our values, our principles, our constitutional government back bit by bit.
1: Let me tell you what it's called, ladies and gentlemen. It's called the NTU's 12th Annual. We're on the 12th one, right? 12th, yes. 12th one. They've been doing this for 12 years, folks. It's called the No Brainers List. And then it talks about the top 10 bipartisan bills for taxpayers in 2022. This is critical, folks, because you can get 10 bills that have been highlighted to say, look, this is not partisan. Uh, This this sets aside parties. This focuses on real people doing real things, Pete.
6: Yes. Yes. And. It doesn't get any more real than bills around this 1099-K issue. I'll explain it before people get too bored about it. Pay attention because this will be coming to a mailbox near you. I can almost guarantee it. The American Rescue Plan Act, one of the Biden administration's initiatives, created a new reporting requirement for transactions like casual sales or gig economy workers and the like. It, it used to be that you had to have $20,000 and 200 transactions before you had to start issuing these 1099 tax forms all the time. Well, now, uh, thanks to the ARPA, um, you can have uh, a liability to either send or receive one of these new tax forms for just $600 and one transaction. Uh, the problem is that snags all kinds of people in the IRS's web of tax reporting. Uh, you could, for example, be a student who decides to resell their textbooks after the semester is over online. Uh, cost of textbooks is pretty high these days. You could easily surpass 600 bucks for your textbooks. Suppose you drove for one of the ride-sharing services only very casually for a couple of weeks out of the year just to make ends meet. You could very well exceed that threshold. This is a whole new level of tax and information reporting to the IRS that millions, even tens of millions of citizens are going to be facing starting January 1st of next year unless Congress says, wait a minute, this is a mistake. This is giving too much power to the Internal Revenue Service. We need to claw this back before we give that power away and we find ourselves in a world of hurt. There are several bills by Democrats and Republicans that would do just that, that would restore taxpayer privacy and the limits on reporting. Maggie Hassan, Democrat of New Hampshire, Chris Pappas, Democrat of New Hampshire, You've got a Republican, Carol Miller of West Virginia, Rick Scott of Florida, Bill Hagerty of Tennessee, Michelle Steele of California. They're all proposing legislation. They're talking to each other about it. It's time for Congress to stop talking and start doing
1: Amen to that. And if you want to go to NTU.org, ladies and gentlemen, that's where you can learn about these top 10 bills. That's where you can learn about how you can get involved. That's where you can learn about their partnerships on a national level, all the way down to a state level or even your local county levels. NTU can be your partner. They provide tremendous think tank research. They provide numbers. They double down and analyze proposals to find out the benefits of them or not, if you will. Uh, they do so many things. It's, it's it's amazing what they really focus on. They give congressional scorecards based on, uh, you know, whether they're a tax-friendly or a tax, I don't know what you want to call it, hostile Congress member or Senate member, uh, if you will. They really break it down in a meaningful way from a tax perspective. The idea is, you know what, taxes are necessary. We all get it. But we need to make them streamlined and effective and appropriate and simple. We don't need to make them burdens on the people. And there's a way to do both. And that's really the point. It's not partisan. It's not 100% anti-tax. It's, not, it's just common sense saying, hey, we can all work together here to improve our situation at every level. And we can protect ourselves. We can fund the proper role of limited constitutional government. And we can do it without fanfare and without politics. That's really Uh, the bottom line, right, Pete?
6: It absolutely is. And you can see this at the local level as well, Sam. There are plenty of local taxpayer organizations that are making a difference every day, small dollar amounts compared to the national budget or the overall economy. But the differences are important, not only in the quality of life and the financial well-being of the citizens in the community, they set examples for other communities and other citizens to follow. That's one of the things that National Taxpayers Union does is connect citizens between communities and say, hey, you know, uh, about 50 miles away from you, uh, these citizens formed a budget committee and they found, for example, that uh, the local water department was uh, Wasting money on parts that it didn't need for its system. Uh, You know, uh, here in your town, you have the same system. Maybe you ought to be taking a look at uh, your own water department's budget. Those are the kinds of connections we can make as a network of taxpayer activists that can make a real difference across the country.
1: And ladies and gentlemen, that's why we've been partnering with Pete Sepp and the crew over at NTU for more than 25 years because they're real. They're based on solutions. They're not into partisan politics. They're not into the games. They're into real solutions that make a difference every day for folks like you and me, real taxpayers. Now, while we're working on the real solutions, we're the heavy lifting behind the scenes. Oftentimes, is what I call it. I don't know if you know, but Biden's Build Back Better. They just broke ground on a twenty million dollar heated sidewalk for the homeless. Did you see this, uh, Pete?
6: <laughs> a heated sidewalk. Huh? Okay. Uh, it it does not surprise me Uh, i i had heard about it i i've not actually looked at the details but uh, it does not surprise me and it's very worrisome not only on uh, the the metaphysical level of uh, well uh, wouldn't you rather want to have them sheltered than sitting out on a heated sidewalk what about the practical aspects Uh, government is not very good at building infrastructure anymore uh, my guess is that the price tag of something like this is going to go way higher than what's advertised.
1: Yeah, when they when they break ground for 20 million, they'll get done it'll be 36 million a day late and well, I wouldn't say a dollar short a dollar way too heavy, that's for sure. Uh, you know, yeah. the problem is Trump would build it for less maybe, I don't know, but um very strange how they want to um, not really deal with things that could change the game, but they love to either one promote and or attack this kind of thing. No offense, I'm not against the sidewalk, but I'm not for it either. What I'm saying to you is why are we even talking about it? Why are we even funding it? We need to talk about the government's authority to fund such things in the first place.
6: Yeah, especially from the federal level. I mean, that's uh, genuinely a local responsibility, and it was a local responsibility up until several decades ago when, The federal government's power gradually encroached upon the states and localities. We've talked about this a lot. Uh, Many states and uh, I would say many of them under Republican leadership decided to take the federal government's offer of candy. And by that, I mean a federal aid. The fact is, uh, hey, lower your speed limit. We'll give you more highway aid. Take care of more people uh, with these health clinics and the way we want you to, and we'll give you more aid. Um, Decide to give grants to the homeless for sidewalks, (laughs) and we'll give you infrastructure money. Uh, That is a bargain that uh, is not always and not often, actually, in the interest of state or local taxpayers, I know this for a fact in my own county where we're building a huge light rail system, and one of the first arguments in favor of it is, well, we're getting federal matching grants for it. Yes, but if we decided not to take the federal money, we wouldn't be spending the state and local money either, would we? <laughs> and uh, that that point seems to be lost on folks Uh, Why in the world would you want to burden your own taxpayers just to get more money from Washington? But that's what governments are doing around the
1: country. By the way, just so everybody knows, Waters and Fox News is the ones talking about the uh, heated sidewalk discussion or whatever. Uh, And, you know, when you look at this kind of stuff, it is just it is just shocking. It's just like, what on earth are we doing Uh, And and I'm not here to take either sides on the issue. What I'm here to do is just say, look, we have got to start to look at spending in a very critical situation. If we don't, I'm I'm telling you right now in short order, uh, we're going to be forced into things that we will not be able to control, Pete.
6: Yes, that's right. And there's this old saying, deficits and debts don't matter at all until suddenly spectacularly they do and the problem is we don't know when that point of mattering is reached you, you just cannot tell in a country's finances exactly when investors lose confidence citizens lose confidence banks lose confidence and suddenly there's no more money to lend and the government is broke i mean you can. make what a what we guess. do know
1: is What we do know is internationally, though, there are countries that have lost confidence and they're starting to use other currencies for oil and other transactions. Uh, We know that, um, I don't know what you want to call it, fleeing from the ship, so to speak, internationally has already started and it's already having an impact. How quick it'll be and how devastating it will be is what we don't know.
6: That's right. That's right. We should make no mistake. We don't know exactly where the tipping point is, but it is starting to tip. And uh, we are losing. We are running out of chances. We used to think we had an infinite number of chances to right this ship. We are running out of them, and we need to act.
1: My dear Americans, please partner with Pete Sepp, president of the National Taxpayers Union, NTU.org. They don't, they're not a typical union like forced fees or any of that kind of stuff they're a union meaning we the people united to say we want appropriate taxation fine but we want to make sure that it is appropriate that it is uh reasonable and needful and appropriate clear transparent uh, accountable all those things that's what we're all about ntu.org thank you pete my pleasure all right we'll talk to pete soon and god save the republic of the United States of America.